Maybe everything's going to work. I don't know. You, you, well, you don't look confused anymore. I'm still confused. Hey, everybody. It's me, Ellen Cherry. And me, Andrew Grimm. And welcome to the third season of our podcast, Why Aren't You Famous? Why aren't you famous? <laughs> because but so, it's so many reasons. So many reasons why I'm not famous. The first being that, like, I still, even after three seasons, well, two seasons in the beginning of this season, believe that um, I would never want fame to be my goal. <laughs> because I know that I would be evil when I got it. <laughs> wow. So you're really just sparing the rest of us. I'm, I'm doing humanity a favor by not being, being famous. famous. Yeah, because yeah. once you become intoxicated with power... I mean, I'm very sensitive person, and so mm-hmm. the the concept of consuming the intoxicant of fame mm-hmm. just means I know it would instantly tap into the evil. You would have no choice. I would have no choice. You would be compelled to the dark side. <laughs> right. Right on. Look out, baby Yoda. <laughs> so I don't even know what that means. No. So how have you been? I haven't I haven't talked to you in <laughs> ages. I haven't seen you in. Ages. When is the last time we posted an episode? Oh, it must be like eight months ago or something. Yeah, it was a while. Yeah, I haven't even I haven't even looked at the website. Have you looked at the website? I haven't. I looked at it a little bit before our last tour, which we toured together from December fourteenth through January Mm eighth. We 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 rung in the new year, the new decade. Yep. Um, and it was just twenty nineteen was just like this really quick passage from august to december for me it was just like this yeah. mad rush and now i feel mercifully relaxed into mercifully, the yes. new year right on um that's the way to be right mercifully relaxed so i'm but i'm glad to be starting this up with you again because why well i think that working together on this podcast focuses us on touring which mm-hmm. is um one of the things that is one of the most rewarding aspects of my work I find creating content to be incredibly rewarding because it heals me mm-hmm. and then being able to share it with people in a live setting is incredibly healing for me as well. So it's completely selfish. Right, of course. But I do like touring and as I get more and more recovered and able to handle myself in a car um, and to handle my mental state in a car and travel, which is a lot of what we've been working on together, touring, um, it makes me excited about it. And the next tour that you and I have coming up of any significance um, is in June. June, that's correct. June and so 4th. for us to get together and work on this podcast as it was originally intended, which was to motivate us to promote and book the tour, I'm excited about doing that work with you. Right on. Thank and you. And having people along for the ride because we had that's right. some people listening and um, and it's fun to do this. It's good to keep my hands in the technology of it. And also just to, to to understand the mystery that is Andrew Grimm. Oh, there's not much of a mystery there. <laughs> I'm just another white male. In a long line of white males. I think that's not true. I think that you are, I mean, it, you do have the perception of being a white male, but your mm. thinking, your language, your humanity belie is a, is a credit. Is a credit to my gender. <laughs> to your gender, because I think that you're doing one of the most important things that we could all do, which is just to try. Yeah, well... To be open. It is. It, it's, it's, it's my responsibility. So anyway, 
So here we go, season three. Season three. Um, now I'm just I'm I'm radically curious as to what our overarching theme is going to be for this uh, for this season. It's interesting that you should say hashtag radically curious. Hashtag really. <laughs> because this how our conversation. <laughs> the theme of this season is radical curiosity. Yes. Because, I and I propose this as the theme, because. I am a curious person, you're a curious person, mm-hmm. and as curious people, um, I think human beings are naturally curious animals, and it leads us to really great discoveries about each other when we approach it from that concept of how can I be um, curious in a way that's internally prompted. Mm-hmm. That means I have to get quiet, and I have to listen to myself, and I have to figure out which of these rabbit holes do I want to go down in the Alice in Wonderland world? Mm. And why am I motivated to go down that rabbit hole of study? Uh, and why am I following this specific curiosity? Mm-hmm. And we have this wonderful thing called communication and language. And the way that people communicate is very different and diverse. Um, I'm curious about the ways that people communicate. Um, and this feels like our opportunity to um to probe the minds of others with the things that they're curious about so we're gonna okay rain it in there sir yeah that's that's just some some suggestive (laughs) well you're still like you're stuttering i'm having a hard time with that we're gonna probe people with the very things that make them curious well no we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna ask them to Talk about the things that they're curious about. Right, we're going to that them. led them to the work that they're doing. Oh, uh, yes. Well, yeah. Well, okay. So let's start with ourselves. Right. What What led you to the work that you do now? What was the What was the curiosity? What was the What was your first art curious <laughs> moment where you're like, hmm? There's a picture of me in the Guggenheim when I was probably around eight looking at a Rodin, just because there's multiple copies of The Thinker and different sizes of The Thinker, I believe, because mm-hmm. there's one in the Baltimore Museum, Museum of Art. But there's this picture of me that my parents took us on this trip to New York, and we went to the Guggenheim, and there's a picture of me looking up into the sculpt- face of the sculpture. And I've always been really curious about um, the visual arts. So... To answer your question, how did it lead me to the work that I've, like to music? I guess that's what you were asking me? Yes. I don't, I really, I don't know. I feel like my curiosity was piqued with music from a child, my parents' child, my parents' encouragement of the love of arts. Mm. And I, I'm not, I'm not actually curious as to why I brought up that sculpture first why that why your question prompted that in me first I don't really know my parents played music um on the hi-fi stereo system when I was a child and music was of an important part of our lives my parents paid for piano lessons and um my curiosity with that began because of like musicals that I would see and I would want to know how to play the theme song from musicals but my teacher at the time did not like modern pop music. And so she 
I'm going to use the word guided, but that's not really the word, right. um, towards classical music. And so a lot of what I studied was classical music. And I appreciate that in a way, but it sure. also, the rebellious part of me that was really curious about like the theme from Cats or an American tale, uh. like that, those, <laughs> those musical ideas, Ooh. um, uh-huh. led me to pop music. Sure. Which is basically where I started. I feel like I started as a pop musician before I became more invested in um, a, a different substance. a different type of storytelling. There's mm-hmm. plenty of substance in a lot of pop music. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, do we have to argue about this? No. Have you heard the Nick Cave dissection of that Kylie Minogue song? No, but I'm sure it's really great. It is really great. There's substance in it. There's beauty. Okay. There's pain. Sure. Anyway. So... That I don't. That was sort of a winding road because we. Let's full disclosure. We just interviewed our first guest for the season, and I'm a little bit like my mind is still buzzing from that conversation. So I wasn't okay. really thinking about being asked a question like that. I thought um, we were just having a casual conversation to start just the have, season off. We are just having a casual conversation. <laughs> I can't believe you just re- revealed that we already record. Like we're recording this out of, out of, out of uh, sequence. What? Yeah, too late. There's no way I could ever edit that. <laughs> Why would you want to? No, I wouldn't. So. So yeah, radical. And the, the reason I chose the word radical mm. to go back to this, the idea of hashtag mm. radically curious, is that I love the word curiosity because I think it has a really positive connotation. Mm-hmm. And I also think that the word radical has a, a positive connotation that is not... it. It's negatively connoted as well, but I I want to emphasize the radical or the positive aspects of the word radical, mm-hmm. which are that it's about rebelling against constriction and that we can act in radical ways that are um, make us feel powerful, mm. removing um, or like really thinking about the way that we consume media. That's a really important thing for me as a person who has mental health challenges the way that I consume media directly affects my mental health. And so I have to be radical about it and, and choosy and I have to, to, to decide to motivate myself to go attend events and to be present physically in a, in a place where something is happening and that's a radical act. Anyway, I'm going off topic. Um, what about you? What first led you to being curious enough to have a podcast? <laughs> I'm just well, joking. Curious uh, enough to 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 be interested in music. What? I, th- I think the podcast we were just sitting around like, oh, what are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> no, let's make a podcast. That's not true. We were very intentional about it. Yes. The first season we were very intentional, and I want to bring that intentionality into the season as well. Okay, fair enough. So, what was what was the curiosity that led you to music? I think it all kind of came to a point for me and. I'm going to say 1986, maybe 87. I don't know the exact year, but I had already purchased a guitar. I had already started learning how to play. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to music that wasn't necessarily top 40 type of stuff at that point. I kind of veered away from all that. I was listening to Green on Red. I was listening to WHFS 99.1 way before they became a mainstream station. And they were kind of, yeah, they would have like, 
eight song set list and they would play one song after another and you would have to wait till the entire set was done for them to go back through and keep count of what song had been played and so you could figure out who figure out was. what the song was yeah and, then and you have to remember a lyric or write lyrics down and be like there was the one that said this yeah what is this what is this and then, and then if you're lucky you taped it and you got it all and and then you get a magazine that was just all print and just all different types of albums from a company and you would like call them and order and or you'd go to a record store like Vinyl Paradise on Bel Air Road and you know comb through all that stuff whatever but somewhere along the line there uh, this is going to sound very 80s for everybody um, who understand who lived in the 80s if you did not live in the 80s if you were born post 1989 you're probably not going to understand this except for those ones that are radically curious enough to go back and consume that media maybe and get con- context for themselves I-, I hope so yeah i hope so that's, okay i'm that's totally hope. ready for what you're gonna say what are you gonna say <laughs> so at, at the church i was going to uh the first presbyterian church of bel-air um maryland in, in maryland bel-air maryland there was a uh, a, a kid had moved into town, and his it was him and his sister. I can't remember his sister's name. It's like, but his name was Chris Tuttle, and Chris Tuttle's older sister was dating a guy named Mark. I think it's Mark, and Mark played in a band. And we there was a place. There's where the '80s really come in. There's a place called Jillian's. And Jillian's had a teen night on Sunday night, so you could go see a band, and his band was playing. All ages. All ages show, and we went that Sunday night, and they were up there on the, the stage area thing, and it was like, you know, guitar, bass, drums, and keys, and they were all wearing bolo ties, and you're just like, what? This is happening in Bel Air? It's amazing. Um, and at the end of the show... Uh, that one guy handed me one of his guitar picks, and, and these guys were like nineteen. <laughs> you know, I was like like fourteen or something like that. I was like, wow! And I held on to that pick, and that pick was um, it was a, a Fender medium thin pick, hmm. which is something I would snap in two. I know and that's I, like, I was a, like it wouldn't even make it through half. It's like a, a verse. fingernail of a person who doesn't have much calcium in their diet. <laughs> Which, you know, which goes back to the idea that, you know, you play with a light touch, you can play a lot faster. That's that's the argument, uh, um, which I, I'm sure is probably true because <laughs> I, I play my guitar like a caveman or I'm sorry, cave person. Cave person. I'm going to be a little bit more non-binary in my talk. Good for you. Yeah. I'm, 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 well, good for us. Yeah. Um, anyhow. Uh so we're what are uh, what are I'm oh, my story. Sorry. Jeez. I didn't mean to rush you. I apologize. Because I was I was actually gonna start off my whole story with a whole joke about how I, I was studying Rodan as well, except it was Godzilla versus Rodan. <laughs> and it was it was a great it was a great movie. But um It is Rodan that I'm thinking of, right? I, he was a sculptor, the thinker. Yeah, the thinker. Yeah. yeah. There's a picture of me with the Anyway, go back. And like, back to you. Like, like a lot of artists, he was a very kind and sympathetic soul. Um, the and I, I just that was a very like that was the first like, huh? Maybe, maybe I want to do this. Mm. It didn't. It wasn't really dug into me deep. It just it propelled me to to do more. Yeah. And then I met uh, the people that I became friends with in high school who played music, 
and that was like okay and then i was in a band and then um but even then that was never like i i didn't i hadn't set out to really just become a musician and you know i was but isn't that sort of what curiosity does yeah it sets you on a pathway exactly and so i think that that's one of the reasons why that word appealed to me more than my my original idea and proposition for the series the season which was visible versus invisible and having people and us talk about things that we thought should be more visible to me that's felt like I believe this and I'm presenting this you know we were going to ask a guest to say like this is the thing that I think is invisible and should be more visible should be more famous whatever rather than what are the interesting pathways that somebody took to discover something that they didn't even know they were interested in and the idea that curiosity is the thing that actually takes you to expertise sure. on any topic. You study it, you become entranced and in love with it in a way, um, and it starts to reveal more of itself to you through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the subjects that you and I talk about a lot in our work, which is love, mm-hmm. is that's like one of the a universal curiosity um, that... Well, I don't know if I want to use the word universal. Mm. It's it's a concept that in my experience has been being curious about what being in love is like, how people love is a fascinating um, human experiment. And to approach it with the gentleness of curiosity is is really a, a narrative that I want to put forth right. rather than... I rushed in and what we've been talking about, like you've been talking about this on tour, that the concept of the way that you used to perceive love as something that you fell into, that it's now something that you are intentional about, but also that it's painted with curiosity. Like this, this thing that I'm about to proceed into may be painful, Mm -hmm. um, maybe exciting and full of joy. But it's also the reason that I want to do it is because it's satisfying my, I have a question about it. Sure. And so the word curious and curiosity is, it just felt like a more positive path for us to pursue this season. Well, I don't think the other things were negative. I, it's it's a little bit more malleable. Yeah. In terms Open of Open to interpretation. Well, and, and I don't think our podcast is, our podcast, well, at least the first season, I think we got a little, and it's not preachy, but there's this little kind of us versus them type right. of like defiance. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because that's, that's also us expressing who we are. And, and born out of 20 years of both working in the business. Well, like, I consider my, I wasn't really working, just being ignored in the business is more how I feel about it. But yet again, three more venues that would never respond to my emails closed. <laughs> Boom. Boom. That's what really this podcast is about is documenting Andrew surviving uh, Andrew's the war, war of attrition. attrition. Yep. <laughs> I'm crushing it. I'm crushing it. So let's speak. Let's let's talk a little bit about um, what we are going to have as what I have as an expectation of if I were a listener of this podcast. Okay. Which is that we are going to um, make the conversations attempt to make the conversations less than an hour. Well, I think we're going to have I'm going to have some cue cards off. You know that I'll just say 15 minutes, 25 minutes, and just to let you know. We need to you wrap know, it up. We need to start thinking about winding down a little bit. Right. Here. 
which we didn't have for our first guest, but we're going to work on future guests. Well, and also being a little bit more organized and saying, here's what we're going to talk about first, second, third, and fourth. Right. Those are things that we needed to do. Right. Um, just so you know, listeners, planning this stuff does actually take some time and effort. Yes. And both of us are working artists, and that means that we are running small businesses um, in addition to creating content. So. Yeah. We appreciate your grace in advance. Yes, in advance, yes. Um, the second intention that I wanted to put into this podcast is that we're going to approach it much the way that we did the first season, which is that we're planning this tour in June um, to go down to Tampa, Florida and back. And so we started, we've booked one date. Two dates. We've booked two dates? we got two dates. we got okay. a Gainesville show. So we have a Gainesville show mm-hmm. back at the Bowl or no? No, it's going to be at the Cypress Brewing Cypress Brewing on June... June 17th. 17th. Then we are in Tallahassee Mm -hmm. on June 18th at the Blue Tavern. Correct. So we've booked those two dates. We're going to be booking, announcing more as we go along. Um, We appreciate your support and we'll, you know, keep talking about touring. Yep. Yeah, I guess we will. I guess we will. Yeah. So since this is the first one that's going to go up, um, right? what do you want to promote for your band, June Star, that's coming up? Or actually recent projects that you may have produced yeah. and exciting news about them? Yeah. Um, we just put out uh, our latest record. Uh, it's called The Late Spring. Mm-hmm. And it came out on Whistle Pig Records, which is a small label out of Detroit, Michigan. Um, and uh, you had a sold out CD release party in November in Baltimore. That's right, Club 603, which is very, very cool. Yeah, that's a great place to be. You recorded the album yourself, yes, um, a little bit at Magpie Recording in Baltimore. Yep, and it was um, mixed and was it mastered? No, No, it was was mixed mixed by Jay Robbins, right, at Magpie and then mastered by Dan Coutant. Right, the record sounds great. You've been getting some good reviews online about it. We have. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and we're just uh we're gonna do a small tour in February and then we're gonna do a little bit of a longer tour in, in March, not too much. Where we're are you just, playing in February? Uh in February, February twentieth, we're playing at the Purple Fiddle in Thomas, West Virginia. On the twenty first, um maybe it's a tentative at Toodles Pumpkin Inn. That's a phrase I thought I'd never say. Toodles, uh, pumpkin in. Yeah, in Circleville, Ohio, where all of America's pumpkins come from, apparently. They have a pumpkin fest every year, and everybody loses their damn minds about it. <laughs> uh, that's where I had my toothache, uh, one of the worst pains I've ever had in my life. As I, the, 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 just the, the cool thing about music is that I never imagined in, in all my life that I would be standing behind you know essentially a really cool dive bar uh dressed in a suit um weeping in pain weeping in pain wishing for death really or at least being indifferent why to is death. that music's fault no no no. it's not about music yeah. it's just i'm just saying like i like it's it's it, while i'm standing in the center of a town that's sole reason for it to exist is to grow gourds like, I mean, seriously, they had... At but wait, least, I'm confused as, had, like, how this relates to your music career. Well, I never thought in my life that... No, I was just talking about my existence. Oh, gotcha. I never thought that in my life. It's like, it, it's, it's you know, my famous big picture. Like, take the big picture back. Right. Like, here's here's why my, my life at that point had culminated to this. <laughs> 
to standing in the back alley of a city that's literally shut down by a pumpkin festival, crying because my tooth is fractured because I grind my teeth in my sleep. And like, it's it was it was a what moment. What a strange juxtaposition. Yeah, so hopefully I'll be back there on February twenty first without dental problems. Without dental problems, and there will be no pumpkin fest at that point. Yeah. Um, and then the pumpkins will be in their gestating phase. They will. They'll, yeah, and this is what they sound like when they gestate. Make us into delicious pies, please. Future pie here. Future pie. We are, Fe- the, we are the most uninteresting seeds in the snack mix. <laughs> Salt us to death, please. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, and then on uh, February 22nd, we are at the E Street Pub in Richmond, Indiana with Joe Augustin. And where can we find these dates? And February 23rd. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. If you don't mind, I'll finish my tour. Um, <laughs> I don't fe- mind. February 23rd. Um, uh, some farm place in somewhere in Ohio. Cool. It's like the Ohio West Virginia line, I think. And I really apologize to Tony Hera who booked us for the show. It's it's kind of like it's like Glengarry Glen Ross Farms or something like that. We're getting paid in steak knives. Sweet. Um, Cuz that's that's second prize. Um anyhow, there's no third prize if you if you've ever read watched the read the play, watched yeah. the movie, you know, David Mamet, man, that guy's on fire. Anyhow, you can find all these dates at junestar.com. And there's there'll be March dates and then June dates and then August and September dates. Right. So anyhow, well what about you? Um what do you have promoting? What are you doing? Well what are you doing with your time? What I'm doing with my time is that I have about six months ago decided to take several months off from performing so after this weekend i will not be performing at, until june um i have one gig which is the ellen cherry experience um that happens every year and that will probably plan a little bit of a tour down and back but really that's march 26 2020 at the top of the wells fargo building it's this wonderful event that my friend josh villiapondo and i have planned over over a decade we've been working on this event he owns the he owns assorted table wine shop in the seventh street market in charlotte north carolina and we have been working for the last several years with executive chef michael bader to put together an evening of food wine and music so we have about 50 tickets available well actually now we're down to about 35 tickets available for march 26th and it's a three to four hour event and you get six wines eight or sorry six courses eight wines and two sets of music and i believe you're coming with me for that show yes i am and we're gonna play some music and enjoy some wine and the great thing i will not be enjoying any wine thank you (laughs) me neither i might have a sip um but the food is incredible it is and it's always a lovely experience and party goers attendees get basically a private house concert at the top of this building in charlotte you could see the twinkly lights and the mountains in the distance as the sun sets and you also your ticket supports um michael bader and his artistry as executive chef he's and very good he's very good and two small businesses assorted table wine shop and very good ellen cherry she's pretty good Thanks. She's consistent and reliable. Oh God. Anyway, <laughs> so that's so that's what I'm doing. But that's not until March. And in the meantime, 
what I'm going to be focusing my time and energy on is over the last two to three years, I've created a lot of content centered around my recovery from a devastatingly violent car wreck in 2013. So I've been writing songs and creating drawings, and I've started to understand that as a person recovering from physical trauma, one of the most impactful things for me was learning how to re-inhabit my body so that I could start to to participate in life again. Um, I've gotten a made enough progress in recovery that I can now feel that I can more accurately describe what my process was in my artistic practice. And so to focus on that, I've made the radical decision to not perform at the same time. And right now I'm just dedicating the first five months of the year to just waking up in the morning and working on this for the whole day and being curious and following a lot of strange paths and reading books and consuming information and writing and singing and moving and swimming and playing and drawing and trying to create something that shows that continues to heal me that I can perform and interact with other people who might also need that kind of healing work sounds radical it I'm thanks it's rad it's gonna be rad totally rad dude so that's kind of what I'm working on I'm also going to be finishing up a film score and possibly starting another film score this summer and I will be preparing to rejoin the cast of the happenstance theater for the fall of 2020's new production of a piece at the theater project in Baltimore groovy yeah so i'll be putting stuff about this up on ellencherry.com including a special page directly um i'm sorry completely focused on the new project and the content and creation and i'm going to step back from um participating on social media i'm still going to post stuff on social media and because i want to keep that connection with people but i really started thinking about how I'm interacting with social media and I want to do less of the interactive part and just use it to, um, to start the conversations about the things that I'm working on. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I would use the word or at least the, the, the term of interactive is different when we talk about social media because social media wants you to believe it's interactive yeah but it's you're the only person you're interacting with is actually yourself yeah i think more than anything else it's because it's very isolating and uh it, it's um it's it's not positive i have i'm still not seeing any positive vibes from the facebook's uh instagram I I feel like I have had positive experiences on both social media. My issue more is that like I was really alarmed to learn that Mark Zuckerberg had had private meetings with the president. Hmm. And the more I learn about artificial intelligence and its manipulation oh, of sure. um, media, I'm starting to realize like I really I'm fine with observing what people post, but. I've never been super attached to the concept of like how many likes things are getting that I post. And so I think I'm going to stop liking stuff. I like that idea. Click. Click. I like that idea. Click. Because I started, like I started about a week ago, I was just like, I don't know if I really want to like, if I actually like something that somebody posted that's interested, interesting to me, maybe I could send them an email. Yeah. 
and or call them if I know them personally and yeah. say like, hey, I saw this, you posted this and how cool, congratulations, yeah. rather than just like making an actual effort, which may take more time, but I'm not performing, so I'm going to have more time. You're going to have so much time, you're going to be working the phones. <laughs> phones, one. Oh, I wanted to say at the very top of this, uh, since we're now, you know, phones in the age and stuff, um, I was, when you were talking about tour, you were, you were, you were, you were, your Texan accent. What did I say? Just the way that you say the word tour. 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 We're on tour. You went on tour. How do you say it? Tour. 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 Like a tour piece of paper. ridiculous as saying. the United States. That's ridiculous as saying the word both. Both. The word is obviously both. 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 It obviously has a silent L. An invisible L in there. That that it's an essence of L. Anyway. It's an It's an old. Let's wrap up this introductory. Okay preview episode yeah we're we're at at 33 minutes okay i really want to thank some people that supported our tour yes tour because we toured (laughs) tour 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 um tom henningman yes sent us funds right at the beginning which bought a couple of tanks of gas which was amazing jim baker who has been a a superstar long time listener not only supported um us performing at Joe's Addiction, which is such a meaningful gig for me every year. This is the coffee shop that's in Oklahoma City in a municipality called Valley Brook that serves a very deserving community. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are doing Joe's Addiction. The reason I play there every year is not only just to connect with Jamie and John and their family and the people that we meet there, but also to observe people that identify as religious practicing their religion with humanity. They're spiritual people and they are mission driven to serve humans and to accept humans and to not judge. And that to me is just, I love being in the presence of that. Anyway, Jim supported that show again, um, helping us to get down there and perform. And then the next day he organized a live recordings, um, at drive 35 productions, um, recorded by Zach Balch, um, in coordination with help from his wife Karina and they have a record company called Flint Creek Records and we have a wonderful live recording of this live show that we did where my parents were and members of my family my sisters and their kids were there and And childhood past and people from high school and my friend Mike who was in the car wreck with me and like it was just and new people we'd never played for before and we have a really lovely recording of of our tour set list Mm mm-hmm our tour set list uh-huh. and that will be available soon. And as soon as it's mixed and ready to go, yeah. we're going to publish that as something that people can listen to on our band camp pages. Ooh, band camp. And then eventually we'll put it up on probably a distribution service that'll be up on regular listening platforms. But if you're interested in hearing it early yeah. um, and being part of that inside crowd for me, you can go to bandcamp. No, sorry. Ellen cherry dot bandcamp dot com. Um, and you can become a subscriber as well there. Mm-hmm. And I'll be posting more and more content as I create it for this project. And where is your subscription service? Mine's at junestar.bandcamp.com forward slash subscribe. Oh, yeah. Mine is, yeah. Yeah, well, there's a link that'll take yeah. you there too. Yep. And uh, yeah, so my stuff's up there. This year I'm 
uh, instead of doing an original song uh, a week, uh, I'm doing an L, uh, an EP per month. So it's a three to four song EP uh, that's up there. And plus the late spring, which just came out in November, is up. Um, so when you subscribe, $5 a month, you get all that stuff. And plus you get all the songs that I wrote last year and all the... Um, uh, public domain songs I did and then all the other original songs I wrote the year before that all that stuff is up there you're it's, so lazy it's yeah I was thinking I need to go you're through so and reorganize lazy. the site but there's <laughs> a lot of content up there it is um, it's pretty dumb um, it's not dumb it's amazing it's just me just being funny um, it's, <laughs> it's it's brilliant um, and uh, yeah and so take that Baltimore and beyond i'll take it i'll take it so we have some stuff coming up for 2020 and i think this is going to be a really interesting year and i i i'm saying this as much to myself so i can listen to it later when i listen to this podcast and to you my co-producer and co-host and friend and touring partner Mm -hmm. that and to everyone listening that this year you know i think it would be easy for us to feel what's a good word trepidatious disconnected disconnected but part of the radical and part of the curious and the combination of those two words is like how can we how can i personally feel powerful as i try to solve my disconnect Mm -hmm. how can i i want to be curious about how i can increase my humanity through reconnection and the first person i need to start that with is with myself and that's going to require shutting out a lot of information yeah. and keeping myself um, focused on the, the things I daily deem are nutritionally nutritionally valuable for my spirit and my mind. And so I want to encourage anyone who's hearing my voice to, to just take a moment and really think about if they have a moment, because I know that's a huge luxury to have a moment to yourself, that um, I hope you'll come to the live performances we're planning in June and that you'll connect with us in the ways that we can, even while I'm on the sabbatical, and and that I'll see you out there. And that 2020 can, could be really just an, the most amazing year for us as a species and for all the other species that we are affecting on the planet. And also there's like cool stuff happening in space, so like don't forget about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. Are you hungry? Let's go eat dinner. Yeah, we're gonna go get, we're gonna go get some Thai food. Ooh. What is it? Thai thirteen? Where are we going? We're going to D at Thai. D at Thai. It's a really great place oh. in Baltimore to get Chicken Thai food thai. that like basically is two meals. It's so good. So we highly recommend it. Um, thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this thirty-five minute ramble. The first episode has been taped. Yes. And to give you a little preview of it, it's with a comedian based here in Baltimore who I met at the Charm City Fringe a couple of years ago. And it was a really interesting conversation. Um, and so we'll, you'll be hearing more about him and from him in the next episode. Yep. Okay. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you next time. Thanks Take for care. listening. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for talking. Bye. Bye. Uh Uh-oh. It's like start over. Did did not record.